0: Hello to all you demons and divas out there. This is Miss Tamara and Titus, and we'd like to welcome you to WWWD, What Would Witches Do? This is our special write-in show where we take questions from you, our audience, and get answers from real, live witches.
1: And this episode, we've got a special treat for you. All the way from a blasted heath in Scotland. Even thunder, lightning, and rain couldn't keep them from our show. The Weird Sisters from William Shakespeare's Macbeth. Welcome, ladies. Oh, and a gentleman. That seems unusual. I thought typically when we hear Weird Sisters, we're dealing with women. Could you uh, explain that for us a little?
2: First, thank you for having us. And when we say guys to a group, that is usually gender neutral why cannot sisters be the same i have no problem associating with sisters
0: oh, fantastic that explains the beards you all have too um well we've got an eager audience out there who have some confounding questions that they'd love some witchy input on so without further ado let's get started our first question comes from bethany42 from rockport maryland and she writes hi sisters 3 I have a four-year-old daughter and she is dying to dress like a witch this Halloween. The whole stereotypical shebang, pointy hat, black dress, broomstick, warts. Is this considered offensive? Should I steer her towards another costume choice?
3: Well, Bethany 42 of Rockport, Maryland, I think it is admirable that your daughter at the tender age of four is already prepared to embrace the magical arts. Witchcraft takes on all shapes and forms, so no depiction of a witch is truly inaccurate, no matter how perhaps overdone. As long as she is embracing this path with an open heart and appropriate respect for the craft, I think she can wear whatever she prefers. Although perhaps she should explore the placement of the warts, they're always on the nose. Get a little more creative, child of Bethany 42.
1: Thank you so much. Some insightful ideas there. (laughs) All right, our next question comes from Chris H. from Los Angeles, California. He asks, hey, weird ones. So I recently met this girl at my school. We've gone out on one date. And I thought that was going to be it. I'm a really popular guy at my school and my friends didn't really like her. So I kind of ended it and thought it would be that. She's totally not my type and her friends are kind of crafty. But now I can't stop thinking about her at all, ever. I find myself doing weird things for her like carrying her books and following her around. My friends don't understand what's up with me and frankly, I don't either. I don't want to be into her, but I can't seem to control myself, and lately it's been getting worse and worse. Do you think she might have put a spell on me with her friends? And if so, uh, how do I get out of this? Or do I want to?
4: I think the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to think? Because right now, I think that maybe you're thought process is a little off. And if you go along with her, you'll never have to think again. And isn't that great? However, if you do want to break this spell, you should think about what type of animal you want to be for the rest of your
0: life. Fantastic. Well, our next question comes from Susie B. in Freiburg, Germany. She writes... Dear WWWD, I am a dancer and recently started school at the illustrious Tanz Dance Academy in Berlin, Germany. I have been waiting my whole life to start my dancing dream, but lately it has seemed more like a nightmare. During rehearsals, I've passed out multiple times while dancing and can't remember anything from the time I've lost. I've been warned that something is happening at the school by several of the students and those same students have mysteriously disappeared shortly after warning me. I thought I might be going crazy and spoke to a psychiatrist. He told me that the school I'm attending was originally founded by a witch. Should I be concerned? I don't want to give up on my dream, but I'm afraid of what might happen if I stay. What should I do? You must fight for your dreams. Sometimes you have to fight for
4: them. And so what if some people have disappeared? You haven't yet, I think, I assume. But if you are still there, just make sure your essence is mixing with the witchiness of the school. That'll help.
1: Very nice. Next, we've got a letter from Miss Winifred Sanderson from Salem, Massachusetts. She writes, Dear sisters, long, long time, fan, and so excited for the opportunity to write you. As you know, All Hallows' Eve is approaching, and like you, I start getting cravings for all things fall. I was looking over your recipe, you know, the one you recite in the Scottish play, and I think we've got all the double-double toil-and-trouble stuff down. But my question is this. Although I love organic, sustainable ingredients as much as the next which can we substitute finger of birth-strangled babe ditch delivered by a drab for another ingredient? Can we just double the Eye of Newt?
2: It is hard to find a sustainable source of fingers. Substitutions are acceptable, but almost never as potent. And as long as you replace the ingredient with something equitable, a finger should be a finger, children should be children and the more horribly acquired, the better.
0: Well, thank you so much for the yummy culinary tip, Titus, and I just love a good Halloween recipe, don't we, Titus?
2: Mm.
0: Now on to our next question. We've got a question from P. Three in San Francisco, California. They write, Dear Weird Sisters, we, like you, come from a long line of sister witches who work in threes. The Sanderson sisters, the witches of Eastwick, the Kindly Ones, Destiny's Child. But more and more, we're finding media instances of witches working on their own. Sabrina, Marie Laveau, Teen Witch. And as modern women with a lot on our plates, it's tempting to think that we could split up and have our own lives. Do you find yourselves yearning for this kind of individually? Or do you truly feel the power of three will set you free? Hmm.
3: Clearly you know the power of three, as it's in the name you used to introduce yourself to us. And it's only natural that those new to the craft desire to establish their own skills and powers. However, I do not think that you have to give up your individual interests, just because you are a part of a powerful trio coven. For example, I am devoted to my sisters, but they understand that sometimes I need to sneak away to acquire a snack from a sailor's wife. It's only natural, but ultimately for our greatest magic, we require all three of us. It's true, sister.
4: Sometimes I like to take paddock and go to England. (laughs) But then I come back because I know that we're needed all together.
2: Don't forget TLC and the Beastie Boys. I do not crave separation. Witches together are always more powerful.
1: Yeah, Beastie Boys. I always love them. All right. Here's another question looking for that modern witch take on things. This one is from W. Rosenberg from Sunnydale, California. She writes... Hey my weird ones, sorry to kill any buzz you're currently on, but the other day I was watching The Wizard of Oz and I got to thinking, Glinda is kind of a role model for lots of people in our community, but when she says only bad witches are ugly, it really rubs me the wrong way. I mean, our standards for ourselves and our bodies are already impossibly high. What can we do to promote the idea that our looks don't necessarily ordain our alliance to good or dark forces? I don't want some insecure preteen witch to all of a sudden think she's got to do a blood sacrifice to the Morrigan because she got a pimple on prom night, you know? I've always appreciated your natural look and the uh, vagueness of your alliance. Uh, How do we pass that kind of self-esteem onto the younger witches?
2: I happen to have self-published several books on witch self-esteem, such as How to charm yourself firm and good. Secrets of the Midnight Hags and Queer Eye of Newt. The theme remains the same throughout them all. You do not need outside approval to be your best witch self. Do not give in to patriarchal expectations of witch beauty.
4: Can I just add, last time we came about we decided to do it on a battleground can we not do that again the body i found was well a pain
0: in the neck oh, thank you so much such a positive message for all our young witches out there our next question comes from let me see it, it looks like ben quo from Lochaber, scotland he writes dear fantastic ones I don't know if you remember me but recently a friend of mine and i ran into you on a heath we were returning to our camp after a battle and you called my friend by name and told him that he would be fane of Glamis, Cawdor, and eventually would be king of scotland well soon after he became fane of both areas so the first part of your prediction came true now here is the weird part the last part of your prediction is that he would become king well our old King Duncan was just recently murdered. Oh, and there is talk of putting my friend on the throne. He, in response, has been acting really strangely, and I'm starting to suspect something untoward is going on. When you said that he would be king, did you mean that he would naturally ascend to the throne or that he would help himself to it?
3: Firstly... Banquo, we know all, remember all, and you should really work on your pseudonym game. Next, you're just wondering if something untoward is going on just now? What did you think would happen to make a Macbeth king naturally? All of his heirs and cousins and nephews and whatnot would just happen to die off, with someone other than Macbeth implicated, and Macbeth would just be standing there? Oh, Banquo, don't be so naive.
1: Those are all very, very good points. (laughs) Oh, our next question comes from Anguished in Aberdeen. He writes, dear Weird Sisters, My father recently wrote into your show from Lockerbur asking about some predictions you previously made when you ran into him and his friend. Oh. I'm just writing to let you know that you no longer have to answer that letter as my father was recently killed in a strange ambush. Oh, no. I thank you for your time and consideration. Oh. Oh. Well, (laughs) unfortunate. Yes. Oh, that, that, that is very, very sad. Very sad. Very sad. Well, our best wishes for you in this difficult time, <laughs> Anguished. Well, uh, would you like to add anything, sisters?
2: Our condolences for your father, but congratulations on your future children.
4: Yes, I see very good things ahead for you, Anguish.
3: I already knew your father had been killed. I just needed to share how foolish he was.
0: Oh, so sad, so sad. Our very best wishes to you, Anguished. All right, well, let's hope this this one is a little more uplifting. Uh, This letter is from Frustrated Wife in Fife, and she writes, dear sisters, my husband recently left home. No word, no note, nothing. Of late, he has disobeyed several orders from our new king, the most recent being his refusal to show up at the coronation. Soon after that refusal, he just up and left me and all his children. I'm convinced he must be a traitor and is fleeing for his life, but why didn't he take us along, or at least say goodbye? I think he must be a coward, but our son says no, that his father is not a traitor or a coward. Do you think he might be right? Should I still have hope?
3: You turn to your son for advice on his father's character, but trust your own judgment, frustrated wife in Fife. Could there be any other possible explanation for your husband's behavior? Was it an inconvenient time of year to travel to the coronation? Was traffic predicted? Is there anything about the new king that might strike you with suspicion, a series of murders that led directly to his coronation? Was your husband simply engaged with other activities and hobbies? Use your own judgment to determine whether he is a traitor. After all, a traitor must betray something. What could be his motive, do you think? Ponder on it quickly while you still can.
1: That is some sound logic. Okay, our next letter comes from Confounded Cousin in Ross, Scotland. Oh, we'll run of Scotland letters. <laughs> oh. Okay, Confounded Cousin writes, Dear WWWD, my cousin's wife recently wrote into your show asking for some advice, but your time and consideration are no longer required. What? She and all her children were... Uh, Recently slaughtered in their <gasps> castle. Oh. And therefore, no one le- is left to hear your well considered answer. We should screen these much better. Uh, <clears throat> if you'd like to answer a question, how about uh, how am I supposed to explain to my cousin Macduff that his wife and all his children were killed in one fell swoop? Do, do you have any predictions on how he's going to take that news? Why, why, why didn't you see this one coming? The, the, this is capitalized. Uh, in any case, uh, thank you for your time and consideration.
2: Cool. On seeing this one coming, we did. Did anyone ask about Macduff's family? They did not. Generally, you want to ask about prophecies before they happen. Try to break it to him slowly. Don't outright say it. Make him guess at it. Then you can explain. I just hope he has a strong stomach.
0: Well, these have certainly taken a dark turn recently. All right, let's um, let's see. Uh, here's one from Sleepless in Scotland. She writes, Yet here's a spot. Out, damn spot. Out, I say. One, two. Why then, tis time to do it. Hell is murky. Fie, my lord, fie, a soldier and a feared... What we need fear, who knows it, when none can call our power to account. Yet who would have thought the old man to have so much blood in him? The vein of Fife had a wife. Where is she now? What, will these hands ne'er be clean? No more of that, my lord, no more of that. You mar all with this starting. Here's the smell of blood still. All the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little hand. Oh, oh, oh. Wash your hands. Put on your nightgown. Look not so pale. I tell you yet again, Banquo's buried. He cannot come out on grave. To bed, to bed. There's knocking at the gate. Come, 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 come. Give me your hand. What's done cannot be undone. To bed, to bed, to bed. I don't know what this means. Does, Does anybody know what this means? There doesn't even seem to be a question in there. Anyone?
4: wouldn't worry too much about it. I think that she will come to a decision in her own time. However, I wouldn't call a doctor. He probably won't be able to figure anything out.
2: It sounds like she has good hygiene, which is never a bad thing.
4: This is true.
2: Okay,
1: our last question of the show comes from Mackie B in Inverness. Scotland. Wow! Your own stomping grounds is representing today. Ah. But he writes, This is all capitals, ladies and gentlemen. Why, 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 why did you do this to me? Your first messages were totally clear and you told me I was going to be king. But then when I come back later to ask you some simple clarifying questions, you give me nothing but riddles and I'm going to wind up dead because of them. What did I ever do to deserve this? I was a nice guy. I had a nice life. I had a nice wife. Everything is gone now. What did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Why me? Why me? Why me? And then it just kind of, trails into a bl- blood blood smear? Is that, is that, is that blood? Oh, it smells like blood. It smells like blood. Oh, it kinda tastes like it too. I think it's blood. <laughs> well, uh, any defense against these accusations, sisters?
4: We only see the future that might be. It's up to feeble men to figure it all out, and obviously he did.
3: I don't know what you think was unclear about a forest coming to your castle. Be on the lookout for a forest. As for what you did to deserve this, the murder of Duncan, the framing of his sons, the murder of Banquo, the attempted murder of a child, the actual murder of a child and an unarmed woman, need we go on? I have limited sympathy. But much humor over your dilemma.
2: All we did was show, show, show. and You're the one who chose to go, go, go.
0: And that's our show. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. And even more, we'd like to thank our weird sisters, Sarah, Sarah, and not Sarah, for coming to visit us today.
1: And now, because no episode is complete without one, without further ado... We'll hand it off to our resident dramaturg, Doll Picado, for this episode's Bard Babble.
0: As Hamlet says in Act 2, Scene 2, words, words, words. This episode's Bard Babble is Batty. This is an adjective that was first used in A Midsummer Night's Dream when Oberon says, Till o'er their brows death-counterfeiting sleep with leaden legs and batty wings doth creep. Shakespeare created this word to mean like a bat. However, when we hear someone's a little batty, we mean a little crazy. The meaning evolved around 1903 when the phrase, they've got bats in their belfry, gained popularity as meaning someone was a little nutty. Hence, batty gained the nutty definition we know today. Shakespeare created over 400 words. This has been one of them. Thank you, doll. Tune in next week as Shakespeares Pod shows that nasty women get it done with a bard talk featuring the history of women in theater and some very special monologue performances by local artists. And for those looking to make some ghoulish delicacies in the kitchen, you can find us at our site, www.thecryptcookers.com, with dashes between the words, or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I've been Miss Tamara. And I'm Tyus. Have a great
1: Halloween and
0: stay spooky, everyone.